You might notice something a little different when you kick on the camera right now. We are live on location for episode seven. I got Cody Hunt riding shotgun as always. Hello, everyone. Kyle Pulsifer. Pulsifer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Polton, sorry. <laughs> I may have been watching Brand's story today, and I, as we know, Pulsifer showed up at the shop. Kyle Fulton with us, and Brad down there on the end. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Brad's owner of Drink Coffee Do Stuff. He's also, I don't know, his professional marketer. I said that earlier. That's <laughs> probably not the right word to say. Uh, I think that's fine. Been, uh, yeah, doing the marketing thing for. 18 years now, so I guess professional marketer works. I guess that would work. Yeah. Do anything for 18 years, you're bound to get better at it. So I'm a little out of my element right now. I'm usually in the safety of my own home, and we're on location, and we're using some new technology. I don't really know where to look, but yeah, I want to. I want to talk about this. For <laughs> yeah. a minute. I'm just gonna look around. <laughs> Let's talk about this owl for a minute. So we are 100% in the age of Zoom meetings and online meetings, and I have a new toy here to look at and sit at the middle of the table. Uh, he's our unspoken guest, Mr. Owl, the camera. <laughs> Welcome to the show. That's Got the guy. <laughs> this, is some, this guy right here just makes everything happen right now. Oh, awesome. actually, you guys, go ahead and talk for a minute. I'm going to share this out. Oh, yeah. So... This thing's got eyes, and it apparently picks up all the sound really good, and Kyle just pulled it out of nowhere, and now we're here with it, and we're stuck. And it seems to just pivot around the room. Whoever's talking gets picked up by the owl. Yeah, it's awesome. That, that is correct, yeah. <laughs> it really is. So look, it's going to switch around on the cameras, and I apologize for our live viewers today, but really it's a way to capture the audio and let you guys uh, you know see but if you're in conferences and you're in meetings this is completely unpaid um al does not sponsor me yet uh but i would like to resource that so if anybody knows anybody at this owl place um let's make that happen cameras are rad i'll i'm gonna show you guys uh check out the story i'll post about it later but we're just going to have some fun tonight. This is a hashtag winging it episode on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, we're, we are live down here in Reno, Nevada. We have some visitors from Brad's from Truckee. Cody flew in from Alpine, especially for this podcast. And that is exactly why I'm here. <laughs> just for the podcast. Not with your friends, baby. It's all about this podcast. So I'm going to hit the share button now so I can get this out to our personal page. If you guys watching want to share it out, do so. Don't feel obligated to share it. But if you do, just know we're appreciative of it. I'll wait for you. So there we go. There's All right. Communication. So I like bringing Brad on here. He like He's going to bring some good insight to this. As you guys know, this is the Driven Mindset podcast. It's about overcoming obstacles. It's about pursuing your passions and it's a little bit of a conversation amongst friends and then hopefully you gain some knowledge from it. But there's a couple things I want to hit on through this, through this point is Brad's kind of, you know, shaped his life around living in the mountains, different experiences from big bear to Truckee, as well as marketing through a tremendous, I mean, basically the social media wave is kind of, you know, you've developed through it. And also trying to build a business during this wonderful time of, of COVID twenty twenty land. So we'll hit we'll hit some of all of that, you guys. If you got questions for us, throw them in the comments. We're watching. We are paying attention to those comments for sure. So, Brad, you were telling me last night you were in a video game. <laughs> that's I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, in a video game. He's literally in a video game. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, how to start on that subject. Well, you know, I started my career out at, um, at Bear Mountain Builders in down Southern California. I was uh, hired on by uh, Genevieve Gunnarsson to basically handle marketing and PR for Bear Mountain. And that gradually evolved into Snow Summit Resort buying Bear Mountain and the two merging together and kind of becoming the epicenter of, uh, of freestyle snowboarding kind of really in the world, I mean, definitely in California, but in the world, and, you know, we were building the biggest, baddest, you know, touring parks and, you know, putting features all over the mountain and um, 
we, uh, you know, we were creating kind of content. You know, this was circa 2001, 2002, 2003. This is like back when X Games was at Snow Summer. Uh, that was 1997, so that was a little bit earlier than this. But this was really kind of the, the culmination of two resorts that were just balls to the wall going after train park development, coming together and basically just creating, you know, the all-mountain park. Right. And really building, you know, train parks all over the entire mountain. It wasn't confined to one run or two runs. It was everywhere. I did not know this. This is going to be cool. I'm excited to talk about this because that is a massive evolution in industry that you kind of got to be at the front of. Absolutely, man. It was a, it was a really cool time in snowboarding. It was a really cool time in, in resort and train park development. And, um, and we did a lot of really interesting things. One of the things that we really got into was content development before you could really properly release content. You know, we were creating videos, snowboarding videos, and posting them online when you still had to put them, you know, two different versions. You had to have a QuickTime version and a Windows version. And it was taking kids, you know, hours to download these damn videos, but they wanted to watch them so much that they waited. You know, they put in the time and trying to download videos on dial-ups or, you know, some of the first uh, first DSLs. So we started, um, you know, we, we started the Sunday in the Park series. Um, when I was there, which has gone to become, you know, it still still goes on today, and it's you know one of the longest running um, online snowboard series, if not the longest series that's ever existed. Yeah, I see that every once in a while on Instagram and Facebook. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so we were kind of yeah, kind of on the cutting edge of content development, train park development, kind of the whole thing kind of came together. Um, we started uh, a event down there called Hot Dogs and Handrails that continues today. Um, Hot I think Dogs it's, and Handrails. Yeah, have you ever been? been? <laughs> no, it's I sick. Go. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like a winter kickoff uh, celebration in September, and um, I think this year if it would have happened, it didn't happen because of COVID. But I think it would have been the seventeenth year of it, something like that. Yeah. That's a resort that's just like right outside of LA up the mountain, right? Yeah, it's in Big yeah. Bear. Yeah. Big Bear, yeah. yeah. And there's Snow Summit and there's Bear Mountain. Um, and it's kind of where I'm from too, so it's kind of cool to hear the stories back when I was super young. And you're just, you guys are frontiering. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really, it was an interesting time of, uh, of creativity and kind of the freedom of, you know, the, the resort management really just backed us. Like we were really able to kind of do whatever we want from the development of the park to the marketing of the park to creating events. You know, when, when we first came up with the idea for hot dogs and handrails, we were like, we're going to have a snowboarding event in September in Southern California. They basically thought we were nuts. Yeah. You know, and um, by the second year, I think we had uh, 7,000 people in attendance. So we really developed quickly and became kind of the premier winter kickoff uh, kind of snowboarding event slash movie premiere kind of celebration that happens every year. I kind of think, and Cody, you might be able to ping in on this, is I kind of see backcountry snowmobile in, in that kind of, in the bigger picture of the timeline of things, kind of right there right now. For sure. I mean, we're, I mean, since sleds started getting cool, Sledding really started becoming cool when the RMK chassis came out, right? Like the Dragon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at like when skiers and snowboarders went up and down the mountains, all they did. Yeah. Um, so the growth since then in the industry, you know, has just been huge. And it's just progressing year after year after year. And more and more people are getting into it. And um, the stoke is just getting higher. Not really sure what else you wanted me to touch on there. No, I mean that's just that's kind of why I'm like super stoked on on backcountry riding right now. Is is that exactly? It's I mean I'm not by no means a pioneer, but I, we all everybody living right now kind of gets to be part of this evolution, and and actions we take and things we do and you know strategies that we implement now are kind of like you know what you did, cresting that you know borders and parks didn't exist on a mountain 
Um, until now, it's taking over more and more and more of the mountain and becoming an industry in itself. I mean, which it already is. I don't like hit fast forward button, but kids don't grow up to be mogul riders anymore. They grow up to be park superstars. It's kind of it's changed the dynamic of an industry, I think, and uh, and I think we get to be a part of that too. So I, that's that's all I was going with it. Um, so early on. You're you're coming up with ideas. You're you're finding new ways to shove just a ton of content down a dial-up network. Yeah. Um, much. <laughs> doing. Ah, get off the phone. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I only need seven more hours to get this thirty-second video on the interweb. Um, all right, that's early two thousands. Yeah, I mean, it was really it was really interesting because we look at the analytics of these video plays and the amount of time that it was taking for the downloads. But the numbers of people, of kids watching was insane. And I mean, this was really even before like Snowboarder Magazine or Transworld, snowboarding even had active websites. Mm -hmm. like, no, we're, we're talking even, about VHS posting, tapes. Yeah, they weren't even posting content yet. And here was this weird resort in Southern California that was putting these videos online. So it was just kind of a, really like new territory time, which was really cool to be a part of. And to answer your earlier question about the video game, so at the time um, for Xbox, they had a, they were released, they were creating the game Amped 2. Mm -hmm. And yep. so they came, they came to Bear Mountain to basically model the mountain to, you know, represent the all mountain park that we were doing there in the video game. So, through the features of the game and the building of the game, they actually had a section or a, a level where, as a player, you had to go to the marketing office and see Brad Farmer to get your lift ticket. Nice. So that's how I <laughs> you said that last night. I was blown away. I was like, what? I, I've known you for how many years? And I never knew you were in a video game. That, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just kind of a cool time where we were doing content, we were doing video games. You know, creating amazing parks and events, and just kind of really—it was just a really fun time to be a part of those things. Super cool. Yeah, um, awesome. Snow Summit and Bear Mountain are still one of the leading parks out there, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you know, at that time, there was really a massive kind of explosion, you know, across the whole country, and then resorts started trying to one up each other, and it just became, you know growing and growing and growing. I think today it's backed off a bit, unfortunately. I think the resorts are putting a little less effort into furniturings parks. parks. And, um, you know, like everything else, it just comes down to money and it comes down to, you know, what kids want today and what kind of the new generations want. And unfortunately, you know, not as many kids today are kind of identifying through action sports. And so there isn't that, like, level of growth of the sport anymore. No, there's, there's not a level of stoke anymore. That's about the time a big yeah. evolution happens, though. Like, everything kind of rides that way. We're kind of like a 20-year cycle. Comes and goes, yeah. Yeah. Always. I think so. I mean, you got to think at some point, you know, this, this uh, you know, extreme focus on the phone and social media and stuff has to maybe have a, a swing back yeah. where people want to spend more time focusing on the sports that they love or the music they want to play or you know, whatever it is, I feel like hopefully anyway, that we get kind of back to that core. It quickly went away and I'm like, it's it's not a matter of how good you are to get things anymore or whatever. It's just about shock, wow, you know, content, followers, edit, learning process stuff, which I myself can be thankful for, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like you said, it's got to shift away. What it'll look like, who knows? I didn't know what it would look like three years ago. Now that I'm like, hey, what's this Facebook thing? Uh, <laughs> I got on it as a way to. I got tired of answering text messages when my kid was born, um, as a way just to communicate with more people quicker, but quickly changed, but we're not going to go into the dynamics of social media and stuff at this point. We've got enough stuff to talk about. Um, Brad's here. 
bringing a ton to the table as far as marketing and stuff, and we'll circle back to it. But I want to hit on drink coffee, do stuff because I feel it's super relevant right now. You're, you're, you're attempting to grow a small business in the most extremely turbulent times. And as I like to circle kind of everything around mindset, I, I know, you know, having a big vision and having extreme challenges in front of you uh, can kind of create some cool stuff. So let's, let's hit a little bit on what drink coffee, do stuff is, and then we can kind of go into some challenges and stuff you're facing. And maybe somebody watching this has a small business themselves or somebody listening in the background can, can learn from some of the challenges you're facing, bringing a marketing background into small business and ownership in, in COVID COVID. So drink coffee, do stuff where to come from. Yeah. So, uh, I partnered with uh, a good friend of mine, actually, that I met through kind of the snowboarding industry. Um, I was working with uh, Arbor Snowboards for a long time, and one of the first professional team riders that I brought on to be a part of that brand was Nick Visconti. And he and I just became really good friends over the years. And as he kind of wrapped up his career in snowboarding, he kind of went on to find a new passion in coffee, and he ended up Spending much time up in Portland and Seattle, um, just developing his skill, skills in uh, in roasting coffee and kind of doing you know mentorships and really kind of going through the process of, of learning that whole business. And through that whole time, we were talking, and he was talking about wanting to start a business and kind of eventually moving back to Truckee and you know, opening a coffee shop. And anyway, as we continue to talk about it and then kind of continue to develop, um, at some point he asked me, you know, if I wanted to come on as an investor and just knowing Nick and who he is, and he's just one of those kind of people that's like, you know, everything that he does is like extreme and, you know, he's just a contagious person to like, to want to work with. And it just, one of those people just has it, you know, like it just people works. have it. Yeah. <clears throat> So I was like, yeah, man, absolutely. I'd love to do that. And uh, kind of continued to develop from there. And it wasn't too long after that where he was already kind of so far in his head that he needed active help. So he asked me if I was interested in coming on as an active partner. And I said, yeah, let's do this. And that's kind of around the time we decided to start it as a, as a um, wholesale business first rather than focusing on a coffee shop. So we kind of... Um, built out the wholesale business for a couple of years and then just actually about a year ago opened our first coffee shop in Incline Village. So then we kind of had the wholesale business up and running and doing really well, then got into the retail side of the business. And now we're actually a couple months away from opening a, another coffee shop in Truckee. So. Yeah, that's, that's kind of winning how in 2020 right there. It's how you win. You put your foot down, like, and go. Uh, I feel like so many people, it's easy. Like we said, we started this thing off. The minute you stop or hesitate, that's when everything stops. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's definitely been challenging. I mean, we had, you know, we were just on a tear, you know, growth <laughs> straight up. And then March hit, and it was like, oh, you know, we just hit a ball like everybody else, you know, and we had to lay off our entire staff, we had to lay ourselves off. Um, you know, it was pretty pretty ugly, but luckily we had built kind of a, a dynamic brand. You know, we had our online business, we had our grocery store business, we had our hospitality business, and we had our, um, our retail business. So, structure. Yeah. Structure. So with the COVID situation, it was like, well, our hospitality business just, shit you know like yeah. this is just it was just it was terrible so we just kind of pivoted and focused more on the grocery business which was actually through the roof right yep. everybody was just going to the grocery store yep right. um, so that went really well we made a couple of moves with our online business and we're actually able to like quadruple our online sales um during the whole COVID thing and so Actually, within about two to three months, we were kind of right back where we were before. But it was definitely kind of a tactical approach to try to decide, all right, one arm of our business is completely fucked. <laughs> so we're going to focus 
on these other parts of the business, and luckily we had already built those. Um, so it was good, and our, our coffee shop was in Nevada, which didn't get nearly as kind of shut down as California did, so that was fortunate as well. Um, so all things considered, I mean, it was definitely a roller coaster ride, but we were we were lucky to make the pivots that we did when we did and, and able to grow out of it. Just not giving up and coming up with different ways of success in this time of hurt. Yeah, I, every, you've seen I've seen it in everything too. I mean, motorsports in general has kind of exploded through this whole thing because it's the outdoor mecca. It's about the only thing people had to do. But I, I think the uh, the big win there is multi channels of, of distribution. Um, yeah, I think the lesson learned is that, you know, if you can, when you're developing a business, you know, try to do it so that you have multiple options mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. apparently you never know what's going to happen. Right. Apparently there can be a fucking pandemic. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, we were in a good position because of that, but we also had friends in the same business that were just 100% retail or 100% hospitality or whatever and, and so then they were like freaking out like oh shit we have to develop this whole new side of our business that we don't have a whole new um, business plan yeah so we were we were we were lucky that we, that we were in the position that we were in so kyle's been kind of quiet over here i want to i want to hit on that because he's kind of sees it from another angle too from the construction angle if you guys remember on driven i don't remember what so it was on at this like point. probably three it was early on <laughs> it was the very beginning it might have been three but <laughs> now you're on seven let's yeah you made it from three to seven there's about a two-year span in there like i said i was Perfect. starting i just started calling my friends i'm like dude i got this facebook thing going i need people to talk to jump on there but kyle brings a lot to the table from the construction industry he's uh at the on the front lines basically of construction from you know hands-on builder to developer to investing um really seeing it all uh what are you what, you know what are you seeing trend wise going on currently that, that you know that somebody out there listening right now is like hey my online or my hospitality business is tanked i mean this isn't specifically a business podcast basically but it's a mindset man it's it's maybe it's time to to make a big pivot and get into a different industry but construction what are you seeing what's it like uh how are you handling it and how much do you want to just scream at things uh, i mean <laughs> yeah it's, it's this, this definitely has changed uh i mean i've been in what 17 ish years kind of 18 now coming up I've uh, been in construction. I mean, I, I was there in the last house, you know, housing market kind of. Uh, Fucking owl guy isn't. He's not going to yell You got to yell at him. Hello. Ow. Hey, owl. <laughs> Hello. Sorry, I hate to. We're, I see on the pan around me, your front and center. Is, it, is, he, is he here? Should we do some of this? Is no, he better now? That's all messed up now. Now we've confused it all. Sorry, people. We are dealing with technology here. There's nobody on camera now. Nobody. <laughs> My bad. Let's all just move over. Hold on. Turning, turning. How about now? Uh, it's locked on us three pretty hardcore. You're maybe because you're front and center on the. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll smooth over here. On the yeah, you just go sit next to the rack. Panorama thing. How about now? Can you see me now? Come sit down, pal. Can, can you see me now? Get up in the mix. <laughs> I want to say yes, but no, <laughs> no. <laughs> see what's going on. Here, let's see what's going on. Oh yeah, I'm on. I'm on. Now you're on. I'm now on, bud. Yeah, it just said. Yeah, I'm on, bud. I don't think the owl liked your voice. No, I've been on it too many times. That's the problem. Uh, so going back, yeah, I mean, I was there, uh, kind of new and up and coming, I guess, when you know the housing market it, it tanked, I guess, in construction industry, which. You know, I, I think it's any market, any industry, you know, I think we just touched on, you know, the importance of being well-versed and, and, and multi-business capable of, uh, you know, if a guy's out there and owns a, a handyman service and say all you've been doing is, you know, handyman work on, on maybe residential stuff. 
Uh, right now, you're seeing a lot of guys starting to think outside the box where maybe I want to do, you know, handyman stuff in commercial. Maybe I want to try to do handyman stuff, you know, outside of just the every day-to-day stuff that, you know, everyone's so used to doing. Um, you know, like the company I'm working for now that we're actually sitting in their office. Um, I, I mean, Very nice office, though. Yeah, yeah. So I started working for these guys, and prior to that, I was in, uh, you know, I've been building – high-rise construction buildings, mm-hmm. mostly multifamily markets uh, with a little bit of mixed commercial retail. And, you know, up until the pandemic hit, um, you know, the commercial retail side of things was just, it was unstoppable. I mean, you couldn't build enough commercial retail space because there was so many people starting new businesses, new endeavors. They wanted bigger and better facilities. They, you know, um, it's it just, that was kind of the trend here until I guess March, 2020. I mean, everybody was kind of moving and doing and, and, and jiving and doing stuff. And, um, you know, now, you know, we're fortunate enough here at Built, uh, we have Built, which is basically a commercial side. Uh, and that's primarily what I head up. That's what I do here. Uh, you know, we're doing a, a bunch of multifamily stuff. We have a renovation project on an existing building uh, down here in Reno. It's uh, 210 North Sierra. It's going to be a sweet job. Used to be a nightclub, got flooded out. The guy lost it. Uh, we're going to change that into, you know, some commercial retail and then looking at doing some multifamily on top. Um, you know, that's kind of what I was just touching on is that goes to, you're seeing a lot more of that now where it used to be just kind of garden track style, you know, multifamily stuff where it was, you know, you got 30 apartments in one building. That's it. And that's it. That's it. So I like I don't want to bring this up, but I went to college and I took some class. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was I mean this was two thousand two one. It was that exactly. It was building the U.S. was getting in such a way that like the shopping was freaking five miles over there. The houses were five miles over there, and there's only one way to get in between A and B, and it's a crap load of traffic in the middle. And the entire class was centered around building these small, like economic hubs where you had your, you know, your place of work, you had your, your retail, you had yeah. your commercial space, you yeah. had your residential space. And yeah. it's, that's kind of, yeah, it, it is definitely a, paid attention a in that changing, <laughs> yeah, it's, definitely, <laughs> it, it's a changing of a time. I mean, everybody, you know, as they say, different strokes for different folks, but uh, the, I live, eat, stay, work where I live is, is a, it's a real thing. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we're all working at home right now for crying out loud. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of these, it, it, well, and that's kind of like what I always go back to is like, so we have that side that's commercial, um, you know, which we're lucky right now that in Reno, the market's still really good yeah. uh, in that aspect, even through COVID. Yeah. We've all had to adjust and, and, you know, whatever, as far as filing guidelines and doing all this stuff. Reno is crazy right now. Reno is right up there. I would say with, you know, Idaho's going pretty hard. Uh, we were just in Boise. None of us had to wear masks or yeah. anything. And then I come here and I'm just like, we couldn't even go to dinner last night. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's tough. It's definitely, it's, it's strange that, you know, you go from different market to different market. It's, it's different in different places, but yeah. Um, you know, and then when I was back in, you know, on the other side, we have Realm, which is a custom home builder. Uh, around here, we've had a, a lot of California transplants uh, that basically, A, couldn't afford to live in California anymore, or just kind of, I guess, be sick of California. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting a lot of transplants that move here, which has been driving the market, uh, you know, real well. Like moving over from the Bay Area. Yeah, a lot of Bay Area transplants. We have a lot of people from LA. Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of people that you know. You have people that are making three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year that can't afford to live there anymore. Uh, we just did a, a market analysis uh, in San Francisco, um, and right now your average six hundred square foot studio is forty three hundred bucks. I mean, in a nice area. So, I mean, for the rest of us, I'm sure sitting around are going 4,300 bucks for 600 square feet. Like how, you know? That's insane. Yeah. So, and, you know, so we have that custom home side, which has been doing really well. I mean, we've done things from, you know, spec style homes to, you know, full on customs, you know, that's on this wall behind us, uh, which has been, you know, really good. And then on the flip side of that, we also have Stitzer Properties, which basically is a, a real estate kind of broker firm uh, that allows us to kind of also dip into our own stuff, plus help people look for houses, 
And it also gives us some leads on, uh, you know, being able to reach out to markets that maybe we wouldn't reach as a custom home builder is the aspect of somebody looking but doesn't know where or how to look. And I think a big part about that, you know, now, especially is with social media, uh, we're able to reach a huge market of people like a Zillow or, a, you know, and all of a sudden you just put a logo on there and says Stitzer Properties and they're like, who's Stitzer Properties? I never heard of Stitzer Properties. And then, you know, next thing you know, you have a new client. Um, but yeah, we're definitely seeing a change in, in, in stuff right now. Again, uh, I think leading up to this point, uh, the market has been so strong. Uh, and, and investors and, and people with, you know, that are looking to get into it or are into it currently, uh, you know, the rates uh, on dollars borrowed has been so low. Yeah, oh, yeah. Up to this point, <laughs> even for us, it's just you know, we were, buying a house. We were talking about it last week. Your dad buying a house for twenty nothing six percent interest. Yeah, and I was tickled on it, and yeah, people are locking things in at two and a half percent. It's crazy. I, I don't. We're just we're just talking at this point. Yeah, but yeah. free money. Yeah, it pretty much was. It gotten to a point where. I mean, people were, I mean, even just the regular home buyer, like say in 2016, you know, the interest rate might've been, you know, 5.5 or 6%. And all of a sudden today it's at 252, you know, for a 30 year. And it's like, now you can afford a house that you couldn't afford four years ago. Right. You know, which it opens up the door to a lot of people and a lot of things. Um, but yeah, no, we're seeing a huge, huge change again right now. Uh, people are kind of, I don't want to say sheltering back in place, but they're definitely being a lot more, a lot more picky about you know what it is that they want to do and what they're trying to build. So work-wise, dealing with stuff, talking, we're, we like to bring this always around mindset. Extremely challenged. I mean, I think we've answered the question of multi, you know, multi streams and attacking things from different angles is the yeah. way to go forward. But mindset-wise, I mean, every day, every single day is a new challenge. It's a new set of you know guidelines that we must follow. I see it in my place I work at it's 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 constantly evolving and it's really easy we were talking about this uh, at the Boise snow show is is you can have a mountain of good things over here yeah and I think they start focusing on that one little bad thing exactly you have one little tiny bad thing over here that our minds naturally go to and I think be like right now I guess I mean COVID could be a big thing if you let it but is is not letting yourself focus on that one little bad thing when there's so many good things to, like this is a big shift it, whether it's good whether it's bad we are all kind of adjusting to it and it's right. going to change fundamentally i think how we operate as humans as a culture as as a public entity um but focusing on that right there i mean yeah it's it's the industry's changing I'm sure that the when this you know the ski hill saw the borders showing up and digging jumps, they just saw liability and lawsuits. And instead of trying to focus on the positive of the shift, um, same thing now. Building, yeah, people, mindsets, home life. I mean, every day we're throwing curveballs. Every day is how we adjust to them, how we react to them. So, what are some things, man? Show me like. How do you guys handle like what's the what's the mindset behind how do you handle those curveballs? I don't like I mean make it conversation wise because like this is reality. We're all living in it. We're all constantly adjusting. I get stressed out over it. And it's like I just figured out how to do this this way. Now I gotta do it a new way. Um, what are some ways you do? I think one one of the most challenging things that we've experienced with drink coffee do stuff is that our our Incline Cafe in particular, because that's our first retail spot, is that, um, you know, when people come in, we pride ourselves on great customer service, great experience, great products. Um, and when people come in and experience kind of everything we have to offer, we typically get great reviews, get great reviews on Yelp, on Google, like whatever it is. But we have this kind of social justice uh, personality out there. To, through the, the COVID situation where they walk into your business and if they see something that doesn't match their risk profile, um, rather than talk to you about it or ask to talk to a manager or something, 
They go online. Yeah. They go on Yelp and they give you one star reviews that has absolutely nothing to do with your business or what you're providing or anything. Maybe they saw an employee that didn't have their mask perfectly put on or they saw a customer who didn't have a mask on or you know whatever the situation is. And I just, I have a really hard time with those people because small businesses are already struggling so hard. Why would you ever want to walk into a place and try to make it worse for them? It's, people, it's, it's that's a mindset in itself. It's that's totally. focusing on that little bit of negative when the, there's so much good around it. Yeah, it, it's really tough, to difficult, really difficult to deal with. And quite honestly, we haven't really found a way to deal with it because they're really, it's the kind of person that you can't, um, the kind of person that's willing to take the time. It's a Karen. To do that. It's a Karen. It's a Karen. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> There's nothing you can say Sorry, in response <laughs> that's going to have an effect on them because it's just, it's just, uh, it's just hateful, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate. It's a societal problem. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I listened to it. There was a, extremely good podcast that actually got somebody's it was i think he's rated the top two podcasts on apple podcast and he just lit a fire underneath all that sort of thing and apple took him off the question his show as number two they took him off for like three days until the you know the army showed up and emailed the shit out of apple podcast and it's it's a societal problem that all the trophy kids <laughs> all the eighth place trophy kids are grown up voting now and they have a voice and that's what like I hate to say it but like, yeah, it's just like social justice uh, it's hard but it, it just it, it's like an attack on, on your business and your livelihood and your employees livelihood and it's just it's just amazing to me that these people don't take a step back and, and think about the ramifications of the things that they're saying and it's it's not just happening to us. I mean, we talk to business owners every day who, mm -hmm. who are dealing with this, this very thing. And quite frankly, man, like I'm not going to tell my employees that they have to police our customers. They're not cops. Right. They're baristas. It's not their job to do that. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to sit in there all day, you know, making every person that comes in, you know, follow a certain protocol. And, um, you know, it's like, People just don't know how to turn it off anymore or go somewhere else. If you walk into a place and you don't feel comfortable there, go somewhere else. Right. That's it. It's that easy. Don't go on Yelp. If you see something on TV or social media that you don't like, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't have to ban everything that doesn't fit into your little world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'm operating solely basically a one day at a time thing, being conscious of where I want to wind up at the end. And, I found myself, I got bogged down in it for a minute and frustrated with it. And it's just, I hate to say it, but it's the world we live in and what we make of it as individuals is kind of, is how we'll come out of it. I mean, you, you could have thrown your hands up when the, the retail side of it, the hospitality side of it, you know, hit the fan basically um and certain people have there's a lot of businesses that just like hey we're done close the door as you were talking about it earlier um we can do that i guess in our own lives too and it's it, this whole show basically started like that is all i could see was you know either a what i didn't have and i think this will tie in good to the wing and it show is is focusing so much on what's wrong and focusing so much on what maybe I didn't have or where I wasn't yet, where I thought I should have been because I did X, Y, and Z instead of just extreme gratitude for where I am and what I did have and what I did have going for me. And I love this. And it's kind of my, it's kind of my pullback to center is, is, you know, three years ago I was in a pretty weird spot, but, and I fast forward to now and I'm like at the same job, I, you know, I go home to the same house, I drive the same truck, I, everything is so much the same. I just started looking at things from a new light, a new angle basically. And I mean, being grateful for one helped a ton. So people right. out there are like, you know, yeah, we're, we're in a weird spot right now and it ain't 
it, it ain't 1990. We have so much to be grateful for right? all the time. And I mean, that's you know what tomorrow is all about. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Give thanks. With your families. With yeah, with your families. Ten or more people. Go get it. Don't wear your masks. Share the bottle of whiskey. Let people police you. Get after it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see me like like it's it's to the point I don't even know what to believe when I what I see on my newsfeed anymore, but California, LA was gonna turn your power and water off if you're reported. Having a, a family, a greater group gathering, and like I don't know if that's real or not, and I hate that. That's that scares me. Yeah, because millions and millions it, of people are. Everyone's seeing, just so scared all the time anymore, and it sucks. And they're just, I don't know, man. Like, I want to touch on Boise for a minute. Let's let's please talk. Yeah, yeah. Talk about Boise. If you're still if you're still with us on the podcast, let's go back to Boise because I know exactly where I think you want to go. Um, yeah, with Boise. Run with it. There was how many people do you think walked in that door? A lot at the Boise Snow Show. A lot. A lot. Guess what? No one was wearing masks. Not very many. No. We had a blast. I all the time. The coolest part about it to me was, and whatever, like safety aside, I, it's people. It's it's. It felt normal again. It was nice to see people's emotion. Yeah, because you can't with masks, and I know I get it. Masks save lives. I'm not. With or without, it, it was freaking awesome to see people's faces again because it's been weird. We're not used to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said when we first went around there. I was like, I, I can't believe, you know, I'm having a conversation and I, I'm watching people's lips and mouth and are you smiling? Are you not smiling? <laughs> there is there is a lot. <laughs> are you mad there, there is a lot to be said about that, though. Yeah. I mean, human interaction was never meant to be you know, the upper half of your face. Like there's so much that goes on with, you know, your mouth and, you know, and everything else. Well, look at like, home improvement. Right? Yeah. Remember home improvement. I mean, I was the guy behind the fence. He never saw his mouth. Al. Al. No, it wasn't. Who was that? Al was his buddy. Al was his buddy. Oh. Someone tell us in the Wilson's. Wilson. 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 Wilson the soccer ball? No. No. He was, the guy, was, the, he was the guy in the A, maybe flannel, maybe oh, not. You never really knew. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was always going to Tom Hanks movie where he's murdering the Yeah, Wilson was, that was, Wilson, Wilson was a ball. Wilson yeah. was a ball. Wilson was a ball. ball. But Wilson was the neighbor <laughs> on the fence. That, and you could never see his emotion. Yeah. And they were telling us something back then. I mean, it, it's... <laughs> he was the wise guy. That, like, Tim always went to him when he had troubles. Like, that was his resource to get over whatever thing he broke or tool he needed. That Jill? Maybe. Yeah. I know, I know there's, there's a lot of Benfords in there. A lot of Benfords. A lot of Benfords. Um, yeah, but he was his resource. He was his mentor, basically. Yeah. And I think the you know the hardest thing, and I think and Scott just touched on it, and I'll kind of tail off what Scott just says. I think there's a lot of frustration right now with people because it's, it's really it's hard, right? You have so much going on that like, you don't know what to believe. You really don't have the direction. And right now, I think, at least in America, it's so hard to actually find to find facts. It's like one day you hear, you know, you're supposed to wear a mask, and then they say, well, maybe don't wear a mask or wear this mask. And I mean, in my industry, it was like it, it, there was a time where nobody really even knew what to do. I mean, we just kind of all were like, uh, it. We're, we're winning it just like this show. Yeah, I mean, it was like <laughs> there's COVID and we really don't know what to do, but you're an essential worker. So here's a little pass and go to work. And I mean, every day you wake up and be like, what if I forgot my pass at home and I get pulled over? Like, am I going to get arrested? And then yeah. it was like, even throughout like doing trade stuff, it was like, you got a big window, but you're not supposed to be six feet. You're supposed to be more than six feet apart. You're not supposed to be closer than six feet. So how do I put this window in or like, how do I carry this heavy object? So I'm not supposed to be by you. You know, you know, all in the meantime, there was a group running around and issuing fines to businesses and well, to they threatened, your, they threatened your business license. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was like, this. just, I think the hardest thing for people right now and is just the clarity on, yeah, what are we doing? Where are we going? And like, how do we get there? Because I think there's a lot of us that like we were just talking about that there's places that like Florida, for example, is 100% open. 
and they don't have any masks. There's yeah, no and masks. Boise it's was 100% open. open too, and then we had one of the last nights out. Yeah, and back to lockdown. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's insane. I think you guys did capitalize on that. We did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the hard part right now with all this. Just here we are waiting it again. Is I think there's just there's so many people who are just so confused right now. Yeah. So I'll give you a little case study. Um, take us outside of the United States. I was just down in Costa Rica for ten days. Oh. And regardless of like how you I feel, think there's a member down there right now. Yeah. Search for snow check. Search for snow check. Did you see Cam's sled down there anywhere? He's currently looking. He's looking for a snow check. Anyway, regardless of how you feel about, you know, mask versus no mask versus, you know, all the different um, things that we're trying to do as a nation to, to combat this or not combat it, the one thing that I noticed in Costa Rica which is a third world nation, yeah. democracy, yes, the third world nation, is that regardless of where I was in the country, every business you walk into, exact same protocol. Right. Exact same. Yeah. It didn't matter where you went. Yeah. Now, I don't know exactly what the hell happened in this country, but clearly we didn't handle things very well. Right. But you don't have to look very far to find a country that has very low cases, and seems to have a protocol across their entire country that's consistent. Yeah. So I think it goes back to kind of what we were talking about. It's just some sort of consistency, mm -hmm. you know, I think can go a long ways, you know, regardless of whether you support mass mandates or don't, if there is consistency, I think that it helps everybody. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's, I think we were just talking about like, how do you get up and deal with it on a like going to work every day basis. And it's like, you just kind of go day by day. Yeah. I mean, you have to, it's yeah, content. there's really no, you just stay as positive as you can be, you know, grateful or thankful uh, that you're able to get up and go to work every day. And for the people who, you know, are in, you know, other industries, restaurants, bars, coffee shops that, you know, maybe they do wake up, you know, tomorrow and it's like, Oh, well they shut my coffee shop down. Like, you know, we were just saying we're in Idaho. It was totally open and then it was totally like closed. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, like it's like a whipsaw. Like we, yeah. were, we were prepared. We were told, um, you know, by the governor in California that we were going to have to go back one tier and that we had two weeks to prepare for it. And then all of a sudden, it's it's no, we're going back two tiers and it's tomorrow. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think it's like yeah, you know, the breakdown. In, in our government's ability to deal with this has, has just tortured businesses. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And I think the moral of, I guess, what we're all talking about in here is <laughs> winging it, winging it, winging it, keeping your head up and never giving up. And if, if like, I think he touched on it too. I mean, if, if, you know, you don't feel comfortable, you know, doing something, then don't do it. Right. Yeah. Or if, you do then do it but don't don't hate the next person for doing something that you don't like because maybe it's something they like doing right so I mean, everybody's got their own level of comfort in the situation and what they're willing to expose themselves to and do and instead of attacking those who don't believe your way just do what you need to do to protect yourself yeah in the way that you think you need to yeah i mean right. cody loves hucking huge jumps and maybe scott likes <laughs> panel flops <laughs> right panel flop city I mean, maybe get just a little bit more break and i'll come right around yeah. More panel flops yeah Sign right on track yeah i'll get there yeah yeah panel flops big whips whatever yeah i gotta say so my gym last night they switched over it was the 24th yesterday so they switched over we were we used to when you're on a machine you had no mask. Yeah. But if you're in between machines or walking to something else, you had to put your mask on. Right. Which, again, some people do, some people don't. Like I do just because that's what's allowing the gym to be open. And then yesterday it switched to mask. No matter what, if you're in the gym, you got to wear a mask. Unless you have a drink in your hand. Unless you're drinking water. Right. <laughs> and then it ducks you. And, but my part, what I can do is in... I don't know. And that's the type of mindset I have is I'm going to do everything I can to help that gym stay open. Because if, if I abide by whatever, you know, rules they're being puppeteered by, 
Yeah. And it's, I don't like, yes, I would rather not wear a mask at all, but you know, if, if it keeps the business open, it, you know, keeps me in there, keeps me healthy and keeps me on my goals. It's going to help me on the end and it's going to do nothing to tear me. You know, if I'm like, he's not wearing a mask, they're not wearing a mask. It, it's the, basically don't turn your neighbors in if they have Thanksgiving tomorrow. If, if I was to, <laughs> if I was to give one plea to everybody is, is please don't do that. Please go don't. enjoy your families and if you're able, fun. If you're able, I mean, if you got an at-risk nanny, don't go pick her up and bring her to your house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure deliver the mashed potatoes and have a conversation with her from a safe distance. Um, and when it comes to the businesses, come on, everybody, let's keep in mind that these businesses are doing the best they can. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you go in there and you don't follow their policy, or you or you start going on Yelp and writing nasty things, you're just making it worse for everybody. You're not helping. If you really have a problem with the business, talk to the owner or talk to the manager. I mean, I feel like most of the people that live, that, that, that listen to the show, that are going to listen to the podcast, that, you know, they're, we, we kind of align. You are, you know, your tribe, your vibe attracts your tribe. Um, definitely probably not reaching the people that we normally do. Hey, I'll do whatever as long as we get a big snow. Right. <laughs> so yeah. we kind of, the snow. kind of went on off on a COVID tangent there a little bit, but at the same time, but it's this, understandable. Right? This so. is the most trying time that the majority of us have, that listen, that and that myself have lived through. We're, we're I mean, real people too. We're, on a personal level, we're talking about all the things that I'm sure everybody that listens is probably just as frustrated with or. Shares or doesn't share the idea of whatever it is we're talking about, but it's good to just yes. sit in a room with people and whether you share their opinion or not doesn't mean you can't talk about it. Right? Go exactly. tell all those Karens that you know. Yeah. Stop being Karens. Yeah. 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 Tell them to change to see things our way. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like yeah, and the I mean tactical ways that people can work on this through their mindset is is one hundred percent I recommend going out for a walk or a run, like if you're sitting at home on social media and scrolling this stuff, you're going to spin yourself into an absolute hole. But I'm extremely thankful uh, for for what I've done personally with my shoulder surgery is is really start focusing on ways I can get better each day and not get drugged down by the COVID crud. Right, and not focusing on this little thing that you got going on in your life. That might focusing be focusing on this huge thing. A huge have plethora of opportunity. I think that right. will kind of be the focus of this show. I'll rework the uh, the title is "Don't focus on the one broken bad thing." Yeah, right. I mean, focus on the everything good. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So much good. Because so as soon as you good. start focusing on the the bad things, you just become depressed. You, you create. You create more. Yeah. You just create more and more things that are bad. Well, and we are. I mean, we're living in a society of. They, I hate to say it, but they want to just flush you down the toilet into a dark hole. They'd rather it, see you miserable in your house, and you know, especially right now through COVID. It's like Brad said: when people walk into business, they can be doing a hundred things right. They're going to go in and zoom right in on the one thing that's out of place and wrong. That's you know, we seem to be primarily focused as as human beings and as a, as a nation on the negative right now. I think that. You guys are 100 right. Like it's, it's if everybody would just focus on the good things in life and the good things that happen to every day instead of dwelling on the the crap, you know, the, the social media spewing or whatever, we can all right. We can all be doing better. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy out there. Travis Weiss says, "What's up, Cody?" Travis Weiss. Yeah. Hi, Travis. Yeah. I haven't talked to Travis in a minute. We should definitely get out and ride, buddy. Um, yeah, man, like there, there's people that are totally winning in this COVID thing, right? Yep. And big, big, huge, big. I mean, you look at, I mean, I say this quite often. You look at the diesel brothers, they're just on it right now. And they're not focusing on the negative. They're focusing on the positive stuff and they're just continuing to push forward by all the people that are focusing on the little minute stuff. And it's letting it's holding them back. 
Uh, so the, he, I saw in Heavy D's post, he went down and saw the oddly metal-shaped thing. Yeah, let's talk about that. What's so, that? Well, I want to focus on one comment because it's typical of what where things are right now. Is dudes like this is what's wrong with now? Everybody's going to go there and see that and destroy that piece of art or that piece of land. I bet no one destroys it. And I hope, the, I hope no one destroys it. Heavy D no just came back it. and he's like, no, this is. The point of this thing is to experience it and catch the feelings from it and like just went positive on the guy. Yeah, get out of percent I read it and I'm like, boom. Yeah, it's like a positive burn. You know, Heavy D is so on point. Dude. I think it's funny, me and Scott. Talk. Let's get him on the show. Yeah. Me and Scott talks yes. quite a bit. And I remember when all this, not COVID, but long before all this, back in the days when people could hang out and do things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, we always talked about comfort, right? There's always that factor of comfort. And I think what's going on, and I see it a lot right now, are, is people being forced to get out of their comfort zone. hundred mm-hmm. percent. And, if you know, just kind of tallying back to who we are winning it and people asking, like, how are you doing it? And I'm finding ways to forcefully make myself uncomfortable every day and finding ways to live and learn from being uncomfortable because – I think everybody got so stuck for so long that, you know, you're just comfortable, right? Like you get up, you go to work, you come home, you, you know. You, like a puppet. Yeah, almost. I mean, like you drink your, if you're a drinker, you drink your Cooler's Light and you, you have your, you know, whatever. And you watch your show and you go to bed and your alarm goes off and you drink the same coffee and you drive the same route. And you put the same gas in, you go to the same gas station. And now people are being, you know, forced to well, now I'm not going to work or now I can't go to that gas station or, well, now what do I do? You know, I think a lot of that too is we're seeing is a lot more negative actions out of people because they're being brought out of their comfort zone that it brings anger instead of, instead of like stoke of like, I'm learning to live another way. Right. I'm learning so many new things every day and people are just losing their minds because they don't know how to learn anymore. It's, you know, I think it's like a sledder, you know, where three of us have used snowboard or maybe sledder. I'm sure you've been sledding, but it's like that progression of like getting out of that comfort zone. And it's like all the fear and everything that lives up to it. You're just like, oh man, it's, it's so scary. It's so bad. Then you go out and you're like, you you do it, you know? And sometimes it's by accident. Sometimes it's not, but like (laughs) as soon as you break out of that comfort zone, it's like the most joyful adrenaline rush thing. You're just like, that was awesome. That was awesome. Like, go, like, let's just challenge people to go do something different tomorrow. Like, go do something different. Well, they're going to have to. They're going to. They're not going to have their traditional Thanksgiving because everybody's going to be alone. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is that don't get angry about, right? Yeah. Be, find a way to get. Find a way to get stoked up about it. Find a way to be grateful and find a way to you know break out of that comfort zone. It's just your day to day life stuff. I don't. I don't want to be the elephant in the room and tell people, but. You know, I hope maybe one day it goes back, but if it doesn't, I'm okay with that too, you know? And I think people got to learn how to be uncomfortable in sometimes comfortable situations. I love it, dude. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> That's good. So good. It worked, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just touched you during COVID. Is uh, that No fist bumps are compliant. Oh, yeah. That's no, right. Sometimes. No handshakes. Is a noble vote? Oh, okay. That was phase one, though. That was, yeah, that was early on. We're in phase one, <laughs> 1.75 right now, so we can still knock a bump. So we got, uh, well, I want to talk about something that's coming up soon in Alpine, uh, January 19th and 21st, 19th through the 21st. We're holding an event. I can't really um, tell everyone exactly what it is. Actually, it's the 19th and 20th. It's going to be really cool, and we're going to be racing things. I will bring it on the next show, so tune in on that. Uh, it's going to be a really cool event that is got a bunch of really good sponsors in it. it may or may not have things to do with electric, racing, and, electric racing and gas. Racing things. Racing things. things. I like racing things. Cody's like official teaser guy. <laughs> like I'm going to tell you guys about this something awesome, but I can't tell you at all. <laughs> it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be sweet, huh? Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah, we got a pretty good roster coming up. Oh, dang. Trust me. You're going to want to be there. Y'all want to see it. It's on this. 
Oh, you can't see it. <laughs> we got a pretty good time. We got a pretty good roster coming up. I know Boise. We talked to a few people. Um, another business owner, Dynamic Designs. He wants to come on for a chat. John Miller from Backcountry United uh, wants Those to come on. Awesome Actually, I correct that. Backcountry United Foundation um, want to talk to, wants to talk about some of the work he's doing and anybody else. You guys like this is this is a new platform. We've crammed four or five up to ten people on there, but I think it would be a complete disaster with ten people. Um, but let's bring it in. Let's everybody kind of if you reach out to us, hit us on the page, message me, message Cody. Um, but we want to start combining people just like this. We got we got Brad Farmer marketing, coffee guy, we got you know Kyle Pulsifer over here. <laughs> Cheater. Cheater. Sorry, I was a little I was a little nervous when I when I kicked it off. We got Kyle from the construction industry and and from the kickoff of the Driven Mindset podcast. So I wanna I wanna bring in different backgrounds, different cultures, and get perspective from people on on mindset. And like I think this show is gonna be an absolute success especially going through this stuff because right here dude i already got some stoked to take on the day tomorrow um definitely <laughs> definitely uh <laughs> kyle definitely brought some fire uh, we're we're around right the hour mark right now yeah right? did it feel like an hour you guys and no, i'm starving, starving but we got we got dinner plans all makes it more fun because everybody's involved so yeah yeah I'm, like it's so cool having everyone we should do this more well, yeah, just fly out whenever, bro. Yeah, or we'll fly there. there. We'll just get sponsors involved, and we'll just fly all over. The well, place. I think Al. Everybody has a, a private plane. That'd be awesome, by the way. We uh, we got we gave a pretty big shout out to the Owl. So hopefully they pick up us as a syndicated uh, show, official show of the Owl microphone video conferencing system. You guys, this thing is rad. If you work in a business and you're at home or you're well, I guess this is really kind of centered around conference table meetings. Those. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, even when you don't and you stream it, it's pretty cool because you can put it up on like uh, you know your smart TV as well. Absolutely. Uh, which makes it like a huge picture instead of having a computer, and you can just talk and kind of relate on a more bigger face picture than via, uh, you know, computer. I guess. Love it. The owl. Google the owl. If anybody wants to officially sponsor the show, I need an owl and a private plane. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what this show is all about, man. This show is all about fire and stoke. But yeah, so like, and honestly, like to that record, like this is fun and in person. But this this whole principle started with with doing what you can with what you have at the time and work, you know, consistently towards it. I didn't have a sled network. At the time when I started the show, I had Kyle. He was my buddy on early episodes, and I was just calling people. And I'm like, "Yo, dude, I'm starting this new thing. Let's let's hop on a camera with me." Yeah. And to to be a spokesman of my own platform, um, you know, it's it's been an extremely awesome launching pad. Um, and now that I have a larger sledder network, I got Cody Hunt sitting here shotgun with me now. Brad Farmer. Yo, yo. Kyle Poulton. Yeah, buddy. Drop a mindset bomb. I think you've already got, I think you've got the, the big bomb. Uh, it's just bombs. Just nothing but bombs. Just I mean, nothing but bombs. I, what else do you do? I mean, these days. You I, don't I, stop. I, you just don't. You can't. Yeah, and instead instead of going start, home and, unhappy and then, Instead of going home and getting glued on Instagram or go um, live for the rest of People, I'm sure, only fans if you're a guy or whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, guys really hate on that until they see how much money they have. I mean, but, uh, I, I, I get it. I'm not hating on it. But instead of sitting, doing nothing uh, and being miserable, find solutions. Go out. Yeah. Chop some wood. Maybe hang out with the kid. Take a bike ride. So I did it for a year. Start 75 hard. So sure, start yeah. 75 hard. and say, Don't it's, recommend it, people. It's, it's, <laughs> it seems hard for Scott, but... Yeah, start new things, do new stuff. Yeah, go get out. Drink coffee, do stuff. Drink coffee, yeah. do stuff. How do people find it, stuff. man? How do you have they find you? How do they order? You got it online? Uh, yeah, drinkcoffeedustuff.com. You can order everything on there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, award winning, delicious coffee. Nice. Makes me want coffee right now. If you happen to be in the Tahoe area, you can stop by our incline uh, location and Coming roughly around February first, our new downtown truck location. Nice, very nice. Uh, Building thermos up on the way to the mountain. 
Yeah. Ooh. I'm looking forward to that. Ooh. Coffee. Ooh. Hot drinks on the mountain. Yes. Yeah. Cody, you got any other teasers you want to drop that you may or may not be able to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I like the teasers. They're, you're, you're like the, the teaser guy. Um, and so, I'm actually I don't know. <laughs> and here we are talking about something else. Um, no, so I kind of dropped the teaser that I was going to be riding an electric sled this winter. Um, that is a thing. Um, definitely going to make that happen, and I'm super stoked to be teaming up with Tyga and yeah. Uh, happen and getting on that electric train. Uh, I, I mean, that's going to be insane. The amount of torque and power that that sled's going to have. Um, man. Can we get them on us on this? Like, yeah, somebody sure. from there. We might not be able to understand them. Oh, they're all Italian or no? They're, they're from Quebec. Quebec. Yeah. I mean, we could try. French. I French. French Canadian. I got a buddy. I was close enough. Maybe I could. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's close, right? Hey. That'll be fun. Yeah. See so you guys this winter, midwinter. We'll uh, we'll be able to have a great stream. Yeah. And for everyone that came and saw us in Boise, that was really cool. Thanks for you know checking the truck out and coming to see all of us down there. And I know Snow West was super stoked with that show. So thank you, um, Snow West. Yeah. Thank you, Snow West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as the rest of the stuff goes, I got a couple days off this week, so you guys look forward to dropping some more episodes. Uh, keep an eye out. I got one person live currently on, on the interweb, so everybody that's listening to this and I'm saying dropping episodes, you've probably already listened to them. We got Caleb Sturkey and Boondock Nation will be coming out next. So look forward to this episode coming out in about a week, I would say. On the podcast. On the podcast. And where do they find it? They find the on Spotify is the only one I'm really pushing because I like Spotify. It's where I go to to get my podcast because I run Samsung. But Google Play has it and a few other miscellaneous podcast stations. I don't know off the top of my head. And hopefully if I can spend a couple hours on the Apple stuff, we'll be on Apple Podcasts next week. Sick. But Spotify, the Driven Mindset Podcast, Scott Spiro, Cody Hunt. You guys heard it, man. Find something to be grateful for. Find something to be thankful for. And nothing rings more true than this Thanksgiving Eve. Go be with your family and have a good time. Stay driven. Yeah. Cute.